So Christmas is generally um, a time where we say we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. So why I don't like saying birthdays, um, when we celebrate the word birth um, or speak, think of the word birthday, the first thing that jumps to your mind is celebrations and festivities. The word birthday, it, it almost unlocks that spirit of, of, of festivities and celebrations, birthdays. But when you celebrate birth, it speaks of purpose. Now, when we, when we speak of Christmas and we speak of it's Jesus' birthday, we connect it to festivities and things that go around it. It's unscriptural and it's, it comes from pagan worship. Now, stay with me. But when we celebrate his birth, since not, no one really knows when he was born, when we celebrate his birth on the 25th of December, we celebrate his purpose and why he came to earth. And then we neutralize all the other things that we've made Christmas out to be. Let me make an example. As Christians, we always say that we're celebrating the birth of Christ. And then the things that we normally love Christmas to Pastor Brian is the buffets, is the gifts. And when you don't have those things, you think that you have a bad Christmas as if Jesus died. But when you celebrate his birth, Pastor Brian, some things may make you a bit sad, but it will not steal your joy. Now, there's a difference. Because joy is not an emotion. Joy is a state of being. What, what does joy mean? Joy means that even if you lost a loved one and you're looking at the grave and you're crying, you don't lose your composure because the joy of the Lord is a state of being. Sadness is an emotion. So you can go through emotions and still keep standing because joy is not emotion. Paul said, count it all what joy when you go through challenges and a lot of things that you go through that can challenge your state of yes. being. Paul said rejoice. What does rejoice mean? It means actively take part in the joy of the Lord. It means even though things are not good, I will not lose my mind, I will not lose my worship. Why? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I may sit down today and look at an empty chair and say, so-and-so would have been here today, whether they're alive or the relationship is not that good. However, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It does not say you're oblivious to what you feel. It means in spite of what I feel and what I know, I will not lose my worship. Paul was writing this saying to people, rejoice in the Lord whilst being in jail. He was not writing it from a comfortable place. He's saying that I might feel sad that I'm in chains. But the joy of the Lord keeps me going forward, Pastor Brian. It is when you can bring sermons like God will heal you from the inside out. And there's sometimes tears that want to come because of the memories that is attached to those moments. However, you don't lose who you are. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I pray for the joy of the Lord this morning for all of you. We don't, when you celebrate his birthday, you'll be in endless debates. It's a pagan worship, and now you're also there. No, it's not, I'm celebrating Christ. But when you say, I celebrate his birth, Amen. I'll celebrate his purpose. Amen. It's when your birthday, when you focus too much on your birthday and not your birth. When on your birthday, you think of, I must have a cake, I must have a party, I must gifts, and all these things. But when you celebrate your birth, even when with all those things, you say, Father, you've kept me for 365 oh, days. Amen. My birth is connected to purpose. My birthday is connected to festivities. We celebrate his birth today. Yeah, he wasn't born on 25 December, I know. But he was born. And he's alive. It shuts down every argument. Every argument. He's alive. There are religions out there that celebrate only the knowledge of a God they think existed or maybe existed. They don't celebrate him being alive. He is the only one who's alive. Amen. 
And this goes beyond religion because when Jesus came and he spoke these words, Nicodemus was sitting in the temple with all the other religious leaders and he was so touched that he came at night to Jesus. Knowing that the religion we have in temple sounds different to the message of this man. And he sneaked out from the comfort of religion and his church position and he went to Jesus at night and said, Hey man, who created Divajit? And Jesus said, you need to be born again spiritually. And Nicodemus didn't understand. Because religion, Pastor Randy, need to make sense to people. Yes. And he said, how can I go back into my mother's womb? He says, no, you must be reborn spiritually. Mm. And Nicodemus was so challenged, even though he didn't make the decision here, Kaylin. He was so challenged, he went back to his old life, but there was turmoil in him that I know that God is calling me to something more. So much so that his journey started, even when the Bible won't speak about it. When do we hear about Nicodemus again? When Jesus was crucified, when they had to bury his body, Joseph from Arimathea with Nicodemus buried Jesus because he came to full understanding, I need to serve this. Amen. It's time to go deeper. Church won't save you. Religion won't heal you. It will keep you busy. It won't heal you. Let me give you the difference between religion and relationship. We're going some, we go to the message now. Religion is like, oh, life will hurt you, right? Let me make an example. You fall and you have a gash. Religion is like the plaster you put on the wound. Relationship with God is like the disinfectant that goes into the wound and goes inside. Now, while people still see the wound, the disinfectant go where people don't see to the root of your pain and infection and clears it there. Because when the plaster is there, it seems like healing has taken place. It is like when you break your leg and they just put the cast on. Smart doctors will go to your leg and break it even more. And then put it back to its original position. And the operation seems more expensive, more intensive. But now if I'm lazy, yeah, I'm an orthopedic surgeon and I just put cast on people. I don't operate nothing. They remove the cast and you're walking like this. Because you've regained your leg somehow, but you've lost your stability. But the orthopedic, orthopedic surgeon goes in, break it, put it back in position, fasten it, so when everything is removed, you walk like I walk. That's what they did with me. Because they started healing from the inside. Jesus wants to heal you from the inside out. He's tired yes. of us putting scriptures on, and we look nice, and at night we cannot sleep because we're tormented by our souls. Say, Father, I need healing. Even the electricity wants healing. I want to speak on worthy. It's a very somewhat different Christmas message. We're not going to be long. I pray that you don't run ahead. Some of the truths I'm going to speak on is going to, it's going to land a bit heavy, going to land a bit deep, but we're going to land nicely in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Say, I'm worthy. I'm, I'm worthy. worthy. <coughs> Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. Can we what is the purpose for dining? But let's get into it. Matthew chapter, I'll read from you. Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. Let's just focus on this quickly. Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. So this is what it says. It says, the book of ancestry or genealogy, the book of, let's just shut it down if we cannot. The book of ancestry, genealogy of Jesus Christ. This is 
This is the lineage of Jesus Christ. Moenie waar is net elektricity, jy sê die duivel is just electricity. This is what it says, verse 2 says, Abram was the father of Isaac, stay with me, Abram was the father of Isaac. Isaac, Isaac was the father of Jacob, right? So Abram was the father of Isaac, Isaac was the father of Jacob, Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers, right? Verse 3 says, and Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Now put a mental note on Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Aram, and Aram, the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Shalman. Shalman was the father of who? Boaz. Check this. Whose mother was Rahab. Mental note on Rahab, Jacob as well, Tamar. Boaz was the, whose mother was Ruth, Obes of Jacob. So now, this is the lineage of Jesus. Who was Jesus Christ? Let me just make an example. When Jesus was born, he was the manifestation, not reincarnation, there's a difference. He was the manifestation of the prophecies that a Messiah will come. Right, who do we call Jesus? We call him what? The Lamb of God. What is a lamb? It's an animal that is docile, but it is humble and meek. Right. Isaiah said, you will be led like what? A lamb to slaughter. slaughter. Yes. Right. So when Jesus came on the scene, he was the manifestation of the law, of the prophecies. He was the Lamb of God in man form. Why? Because Jesus is essentially spirit being. But now no spirit can function in the earth without what? A body. That's why demons always look for someone or something to possess. There isn't a demon that can legally walk on the earth without a body. It means he's illegal here. That's why when God came and he said, let us make man in a what? Image and likeness. What is God? God is spirit. And those that worship him should worship him when? In spirit and truth. So, But even when God made Adam in his image and likeness, he needed what? To shape or form a what? A body. So that Adam, the spirit man, could what? Be legal on the earth. However, Adam was so God conscious, even when he was with the body, Pastor Brian, that he was naked and he did not know it. Why? Because his senses was not governed by what he sees, his physical senses, but he was so filled with God that the body was just a jacket for him. There was no shame when they saw each other. Even when his wife came naked, there was no shame. They didn't see it until they sinned and the God consciousness was taken from them. The Bible said they saw that they were naked and then what? Then they became ashamed. So once you sin, you lose God consciousness. Stay with me, we're going somewhere. So when Jesus came on the earth, that's why his father, his, his, the seed rather, of Jesus was what? Not Joseph, Mary's husband or fiancé. It was the Holy Spirit. Because the seed of a father carries what? Identity. So because they needed a body, a human body, they needed a human womb. So Mary was kept a virgin by God's design until conception. When the seed of the Holy Spirit went in, it means now Jesus had what? The seed of the Father, Spirit, and the womb, the nature of man, his mother Mary. Stay with me. He was still perfect. There's nothing in Jesus' life that Satan, Jesus even told his disciples that Satan came to me. The prince of this world came to me and he found nothing. Meaning that Satan was looking for a gap in Jesus that he could easily tempt and he couldn't find anything. When Satan tempted Jesus, he was looking like he comes to us. He's looking for a desire that he can capitalize on. If he finds nothing, he goes. When you resist him, he goes. 
In when he came to Jesus and he what? When he tempted him in Matthew 4 and Luke chapter 4, Pastor Brian he was looking for a gap in and he found nothing. Because even though he had the body, spiritually was too full of God and there was no fleshly desires in him. So when God looked down, he saw his son, but he also saw the lamb that was for what? Perfect sacrifice. Stay with me. Jesus was perfect. There was no sin in him. That is why the word of God said it's not opinion. It is not written somewhere, commentary. Just, it is the word of God. He was without spot or blemish. When the old Israelites or the people, children of God, when they had to sacrifice for their sin, what, they, what was the requirement? Find a lamb that is what? Without spot or blemish or any disability. So when Jesus came, he was the manifestation of that lamb. So every time, uh, elder, every time they had to go at a certain time for their sins in sacrifice. So the friends a sacrifice. Then sacrifice. And the blood would cover the sins temporarily. Check this. So when Jesus came, the purpose of his birth. Now you see that the purpose of Jesus is not connected to what? It's not connected to the things we've made Christmas. His purpose was singular. From the womb to the cross, to the grave, back to my father to present. When Jesus prayed, one of my favorite verses, and you will know, sir, John 17 verse 4, Jesus said what? I've done everything you sent me to do. When Jesus walked and he met people that needed healing, his purpose was not derived. He would heal and move on. He would not heal and start something, not heal. And he would always push the agenda of heaven. Be going somewhere. So Jesus was perfect. Now check the lineage. This is direct bloodline. It's Christmas, right? Yeah. The Abram was the father of Jacob, of Isaac. Isaac was the father of direct lineage to Jesus. When you read on, they give more names, brother Megan. Check this. This perfect Jesus. Let's say this is Jesus. This imperfect laptop, but nonsense are fun. Check this. Check this. This is Jesus in heaven. Now he needs to get to a womb eventually. From heaven to the womb, this bloodline has to come through. Just like me and you. Check this. From Abram, the father of faith. Oh, Abram, so perfect. Oh, Abram. Isaac. Then his grandson, Jacob. Who was Jacob? Jacob was a deceiver and a liar. Oh, Lichek. Or do you only think of Jacob after he had that nice experience? No, let's be honest. Jacob lied to his brother and he deceived his father. Or he deceived his father and either way, he's going Then it goes on and it says that so-and-so was so-and-so and then it came to Tamar. You know who Tamar was? Tamar was a lady whose, whose husband passed away before she could give birth. Then God said, take your, your, your husband's brother, your brother-in-law, according to custom, he needs to give you a son. The man used her. This is going to be graphic. So whenever it came to the part where he needed to put his seed in, he would pull out. And the seed would fall. The Bible writes it like that. Very graphic. And the seed would fall on the ground. Meaning he used her for his what? Physical desires. But not bringing it to the purpose that God has called him. So Tema in her pain, she also became a deceiver. She hid who she was. Because the one who used her, God said, I'm not pleased with you, and he, he killed him. That's what the Bible said. Check this. 
Her father-in-law was still alive. She disguised herself as a prostitute and gave herself to her father-in-law under a veil. She hid herself and he made her pregnant. So, check this. In her pain, in all these things, there was deception. Right? She gave birth to two sons and her two sons was named in the bloodline of Jesus. Here's a woman with a past. Here's a man, Jacob, with a past. That in other countries, it will be like, no, I'm Jacob from so and so. From his country, men say, die lichtbeck. Of Ryland is winning. Oh, I just want to know. I just want to know. No, stay with me. Stay with me. So, from Jacob, deception. God didn't stop it. Check this. Check the grace of God. Tema, deception. God didn't stop it. Then they moved on. They came to a place called Jericho. There was a lady, Rahab. She was a prostitute. Check this. At one moment, she needed to obey the plan of God. It did not mean she was not a prostitute anymore. But when it came for her to choose between a life that is not pleasing to obedience of God, she chose obedience. And the obedience became stronger than her past life. And her son is named in the bloodline. So who do we have here? Deceiver, Lichbeck. Woman rejected, used in pain. Prostitute. And then we go to Ruth. Who is Ruth? Ruth was not an Israelite. She wasn't a Jew. By, so by all accounts, she did not qualify for the blessings of God. She was a foreigner. Her mother, Naomi, was a Jew. She married the son, but the son died. So by law, she needed to go back to her parents. She chose to follow her new faith. She didn't deny where she was from. And people might have looked at her. She looked different. She spoke different. But when it comes to the language of the heart, she says, I trust this God of my mother-in-law. And then move on and came to David. David had vroeger like. King David. Pastor Brian. Saw a woman. And he orchestrated that. He did not pray for husband to die. He, he literally put the man in front of the wall. To die. So that he could take his wife. And still God in heaven. Did not disqualify any of them. Religion does this, Sister Francis. Francis has done this. Our plan for five years, just an example, is to do this. Francis has done something small. Let me make an example. Is Venice Alduni still Calvary work? Check this. Just a joke. Check this. As soon as the leaders in church would find out, what's the first thing they do? Pull out the law book. Now, I'm not saying we condone stuff. Because all these people we mentioned had a moment where they had to choose to hang on to their known past or forge a new path. Now, the grace of God, I cannot understand. There is a perfect son that must come from all this mess. And not once that God stepped in and looked for perfect people. Now, check this. Now, the message of Christmas is this. 
not away in a manger. It is when Jesus was on his way to the cross, as heavy as the cross was, physically and mentally the sins, because this is what happened to Jesus. In the Old Testament, when they wanted to take sin from the camp, they would get what? A sonderbok. Come so sonderbok. You are the nation. Moet nie lach, jylle is die slechte mense. The high priest would symbolically No, no, you're still there. Sorry, you're still here. You would symbolically take a goat. Check this. He would do a ceremony and symbolically take all your sins and place it on the scapegoat. And they would drive the scapegoat with the sins out of the city. Once the scapegoat, scapegoat goes, you are forgiven. Check this. The scapegoat did nothing. Check this. This is grace. Check this. Legally, God could just send an angel to do this. And in five minutes, everybody, in fact, one minute, everybody would die. Gracious God. And the sins on the scapegoat would be so much, it would literally kill the goat in the wilderness. Can I make an example? When you've sinned, how do you feel? Now imagine the sins of three million people on one beast. That physically you cannot see the sin, but what it does to your soul and your spirit, it, it, it drives you to insanity. So the goat would kill, it's like it's too much. So this is what happened with Jesus. They took him from the crowd. Come, know Jesus, he's him. <laughs> Check this. What did the high priest and the Sanhedrin, the council of priests do? They accused Jesus of sins. Then they placed it on him. And then they took him from the city as a scapegoat out of the city. Look, Jesus, go. You can't give me folk. Now he's on the cross. And as soon as the sons went on Jesus, his father had to separate himself from his son. So much so that Jesus felt it. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, why did you forsake me? He was not just saying this because of the pain. Because of who God is, brother Greg. As much as he loves you, if you continue in sin, he cannot partake of you. Because the Bible says, your sins has caused an enmity. So God had to sit in heaven and watch his son suffer emotionally. Why emotionally? Father, this is too heavy for me. If it let this cup, it's too bitter, pass me by. But not my will, your will. Meaning he started feeling already. Heaven separating itself. The effects of the sin. And he was out of the city. And the same people here were still pointing figures. He's leg, he's leg, not knowing. You've just missed the bullet because of him. So when Jesus was in the manger, the plane was this. And the enemy tried to stop the message. He says, okay, if we cannot stop them from worshiping Christ, let's soil it. Let's change Jesus with Santa Claus. Come, Santa. Thank you. Thank you. No, stand. Let me shock you. Let me shock you. How we, how we changed. The Bible says Jesus died on a tree. If we cannot stop or take away the tree from the message, the cross, let's change it with a Christmas tree. 
What did the wise men do? What did they bring? Gifts. Gifts. Unto him. If we cannot stop them, Mr. Pakela, from giving gifts unto him in worship to Jesus, come here quickly and talk. Stand next to Greg on this side. If we cannot stop them from giving gifts, let's just divert it. So all the gifts went from unto him to us. And we sit with gifts in the house of God. We don't give it to him. On the man of gifts If we cannot stop them from worshiping the King of Kings, let's make them sing other songs. All I want for Christmas is you. Not Jesus. And we've put everybody instead of Jesus here. All I want is you. Meaning that with your mouth you worship me, but your heart is that. And Satan, he knew he couldn't stop it. Herod, when Jesus, thank you, Santa, thank you, Jesus. Check this. We're almost done. When Herod wanted to kill Jesus, but he couldn't see him, it wasn't Herod, because when Jesus came in, the spiritual dynamics in the air changed. And some kind of demonic power overtook Herod, and he got so angry, and he wanted to stop this king. Because if Herod knew who it was, he would have gone straight to Jesus. Couldn't stop him. Just like they couldn't stop Moses's, Moses going forward. Yes. But now this is not the message. The message is worthy. Now there's many people that are not stopped by serving God because of anything else but by themselves. Because when God looks at you, He sees you from eternity. This is what Brian is supposed to do. This is what Sharon is supposed to do. But somewhere in the line of becoming, she committed an abortion. He killed someone or he stole money or he cheated, whatever it is. And he's walking around with that blot on his life and he feels unworthy to serve God. Rehab had to make a choice between listening to what people know is. He's to answering the call of God in her life. Jacob had to, knowing that as I'm sleeping in this field, not knowing that God has an appointment with him later tonight. Sleeping as someone had hated himself. I lied to my father. I cannot go back. And God comes and says, I want to use you for my purpose. He could have made a choice to say no. Tema could have said forever, I'm, I'm, I'm bitter. But God looked at this whole thing and nowhere brother given that he stopped them. Nowhere that he stopped any of them. Because what Jesus was supposed to do on the cross is much bigger than your pride, your sin, your guilt, your, 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 your reputation. It's much bigger. It's much bigger. I want to tell you today, remove that, what people call you, even though they, have, they feel justified in calling you slick. And I'm saying it like we know it. Because if I say it if nice, it's not going to land. There's many of us that we, we condemn ourselves. Stuff that we've done. And God is like the blood. Because there's nothing that you have done that's greater than the blood of Jesus. Yes. There's nothing. There's if, think of any sin that you can commit. The sin only has power on you until you accept the gift of grace. Once you say, Father, I come to you, forgive me of my sin, I accept your grace. The power that sin had on you is nullified. And whatever's supposed to come through your bloodline for Christ, 
not your generational curses. It's neutralized by the blood of Jesus. Amen. I'm not giving you a new age feel-good message. This is the word of God. Amen. John 3, 16, verse 16 and 17. John 3, what does it say? For God, so what? Loved what? The world. Now stop there. What is the world? Us. The world is the natural and the spiritual. So when God wants to save your world, brother Greg, it is not just your physical stuff. Praying for the house, pleading the blood of Jesus. It is the baggage that comes with you. Because the world speaks of an entirety. Physical and spiritual. Now many of us are saved physically. How do I mean? It's the wrong suits. We change our language. We look nice. And God sees the baggage we're dragging that we don't want anybody to see. For God so loved the world. Now what is this love? When God sent Jesus, the earth was the stinkiest place in the universe. Because Adam gave overpower to Satan. But God looked at the earth not once condemning it. Look at love. It is like when you look at yourself as someone that don't deserve love. Try look at someone that you in your mind don't mention names. They, they don't need Diana, Diana, you're a Diana. <laughs> and then that son, even if it's yourself, don't mention names. Times it by 10 billion. Now the son is, and on that answer that you get, times it by 73 billion, <laughs> times 1 trillion, times 7 gazillion. You see that? It does not even make a blot on the blood of Jesus. Only difference is you hold on to stuff that was supposed to be gone. When Jesus was hanging here, literally all the sins of the people that have passed and those that were still to be born was included in the blood sacrifice. That's why when he died, what did he say? It is Finished. done. Yes. Now this is not a good, good Friday message because we've also been lured into New Good Friday, but it's not part of blood. Christmas, but it's not part of baby Jesus. What part in between? To get what I'm saying, that is the extent that the world is telling us what to preach. The message this morning is, we know he's worthy, we know he's the king of kings. But God is saying many of you are let, should let go of the things that is stopping me from working through you. Even when people came to Ruth and maybe said to her, he's a foreigner. You don't deserve the blessings of God. She says, but my past don't define my declaration of faith. The plan of God for that is so much greater than your pride. So much greater than your justification. All God is saying, let go. John does, the, the longer you justify your son, the more power you give to it legally to ride you. It is like giving demons the key and say, every morning you say, rey me toch, rey me. And then when we depress, we say, Father, what's happening? God is like, you don't give me what is supposed to be in my hands. And from this message, many of you will be pushed to make decisions in your life. There's friendship, there's relationship, there's habits that we do, and we think, no, it's fine, it's just one glass. It's a legal right. It's a, it's a legal door opening for the enemy. This message of Christmas is amazing grace. There's nothing, there's absolutely nothing you could have done that can disqualify you for the grace, except your decision. Your decision. Your decision this morning. Has greater power than all the demonic powers over your life. Amen. All you need to do is speak it and believe it. Amen. For God so loved the world, we're done. For God so loved the world that He what? Gave His only begotten. Check this. This is in the Amplified Version. Amplified Version. 
For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave up his only begotten, unique Son, that whoever believes, trust in him, shall not perish, but all come to destruction, all be lost, but have eternal lasting life. Check this. Verse 17 is where it's going to land. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to judge, to reject, or to condemn, or to pass sentence on them, but that the world might be saved and be found and made safe through him. If God did not send His Son to condemn, why do we condemn people because of the sins on their lives? If you are Christ, like your first response to sin is grace and love. What is love? Love is not just cover. Love is also helping to correction. Because Jesus said to the lady, what did He say to the first ones? Him without sin cast the first stone. So we covered her, right? And they left. And then what did He say to her? So love is not only I cover you, Han An, who me can die, so right, who break and break and make and break and when you, hey, lost me can, lost me can, you know, that is not just, hey, hey that was a wicked tough example. <laughs> 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 but it is, this is what Jesus did when he covered her. Near, when you lost me can, when they left, this is what Jesus did. How ye yoke up? Yes, stop your nonsense. Am I lying? John 8, this is what John 8 said. John 8 said, <laughs> Let him without what? Sin. That is, that is all we post on Facebook. Yet angefang. No skeletal hubris. No, your first response on Facebook, your first response is, Sorry, mommy, sorry, daddy, sorry, baby. It's not that. It is, Let him without sin. Nia is verkeerd. Because X have you release an. Because no saying it, Let him without sin cast the first. Now you feel self righteous. First mistake, self-righteousness, when you justify your own sin. Second one, because the first response would have just been, I'm sorry, forgive me. When you justify it, the demons clap hands. No, it turns your papa. It reads on and Jesus turned to her, not the crowd, and he said, go now, and what? I've covered you, but now I'm correcting you. So this message is not just grace will allow you to, it says also stop your ways. Amen. So the message of grace, there's absolutely nothing you could have done that can disqualify you from the grace of God. Amen. Nothing. Amen. And now that you know what grace means, show the same grace to someone that otherwise yourself, your self-righteous religious self would not have shown to people they deserve it. Why? Because there was a point in your life when you deserve grace. And someone had compassion over you where they could have also shown you condemnation. May God bless you. May God bless you. I'm done. Thank you so much for watching this with us. I believe this video was a blessing to you as it was for us preparing it and putting it out there for you. Connect with us. The link for our website will be in the description below. Connect with us for any information that you need, for any counseling, for any questions you may have, or just to grow with us and to go this journey forward. More info will be on the website, but when you can come back anytime to this page to find out more about what God is saying to us in this season as we're sharing it with you. Thank you so much for watching. Tommy Shuta signing out. Be blessed.